Welcome to the Spread of Grace podcast, where we tackle pressing questions from church leaders in villages around the world. You are fighting the good fight of the gospel. You are on the front lines caring for God's flock. The Bible is your spiritual weapon, and we are here to help you handle God's truth with precision. So let's open God's Word together and prepare to study, believe, and preach. Greetings, my friends. This is Pastor Mike, Executive Director of Spread of Grace Ministries. On this episode of the SGM Podcast, we have quite an interesting question from one of our students. What is the sin that leads to death, according to 1 John 5.16? Today's answer is going to come from Roy Allison, who is the operations manager here at SGM. Roy has served in pastoral ministry for several, several years. He has taught pastors internationally, and he has a real heart for the work of SGM to empower national leaders uh, with the Word of God. So, Brother Roy, please take us to the Scriptures. Hi, this is Roy. As we look for a biblical answer to the question, what is the sin that leads to death, according to 1 John 5, 16? We will focus our search for the answer in the book of 1 John. We will look into the two main words of this question, sin and death. I would ask you to have your Bible open during this discussion. Our first question is, who are the readers of this letter from John? As you look over the first few verses of 1 John, you will note the personal aspect of this letter. The use of personal pronouns stresses this fact. Verses 3 and 4 emphasize that John has something in common with the readers. It is our conclusion that the readers are believers. They are members of the family of God. Please note 1 John 2.12. As we continue to look into these verses, the subject of sin is introduced in verse 6 as darkness, and then focused on as sin in verse 7. There's reality of sin, even in the light of the fact that we are believers. Sin is described as darkness, love for the world, lawlessness, and unrighteousness. We know from Scripture that sin separates every person from God. The answer to that separation is the blood of God's Son, Jesus Christ. Also, a study of Scripture would indicate that personal sin interferes with the believer's fellowship with God. Yet here in 1 John 1, we see both God's solution for the original sin of everyone who believes and for the everyday sin of the believer, the blood of Christ and confession. 1 John 1 recognizes the reality of sin in our lives. The need for recognition or acknowledgement of such sin is required, or we are making God a liar. Then John instructs us to confess our sins, to receive God's cleansing and forgiveness as believers. The primary meaning of confession is to say the same thing about our sin that God would say. In other words, this indicates recognition of our sins and a repentance for our sins. This repentance is a change of mind toward our response to the presence of sin in our lives. The danger which is emphasized in chapter 1 is a tendency to deny that we have sin in our lives and to fail to recognize the damage that unconfessed sin leaves. As we continue through the book, John's primary desire is for believers not to sin, 1 John 2, 1 and 2. But in the reality of sin, 
There's the advocate to represent us. He is our propitiation. We can evaluate our relationship with Christ based on our relationship with God's commands and other believers. 1 John 2, 3-5 and 9-11. At this time, let us look at 1 John 3, 6. We need to look at the context in 1 John 3, 6-10. Let me read these verses, verses from the English Standard Version. Noting the fact that the matters of sin is indicated in some a habitual way or something that's going on. Reading, no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one is born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. At a quick look, verse 6 might be understood to mean that a believer cannot or will not sin. Further examination of this verse and its context will allow us to see that the emphasis is that a believer will not practice sin. A believer will not be regularly involved in sin. If pride is my sin, then I need to confess that sin and by God's grace begin to practice humility and submission so pride is subdued. Although we all sin as noted earlier, it is still the goal of John to exhort us to flee from characteristic sin. The entire emphasis of the middle part of this book is to help us to identify sin in our lives and to take steps to remove it from our lives. As John finishes this letter in chapter 5, he gives encouraging words and principles to his readers so that they can have confidence in a relationship with God through the finished work of Christ. Despite the reality that we may sin, we may at times love the world. We may have failed to love our brothers as we ought but we can find confidence in our faith in Christ. Our confidence must be in Christ and not in our emotions or experiences. 1 John 5.10 says, The one who is characteristically placing his faith in the Son of Son has life. This life is described as eternal life or life without end. Even though we are believers, we will continue to struggle with the reality of our sin nature and the presence of sin. 1 John 2.15 as we approach 1 John 5:16, the second word in our question that we must address is death. Death is primarily separation. So physical death is separation from this life, and spiritual death is separation from God. We have two kinds of death, physical and spiritual. The unsaved person is spiritually dead, but the believer has been given new life from above, born again, and no longer faces spiritual death. This new life is described as eternal or everlasting and is a life without end. The believer doesn't encounter God's wrath or condemnation. John 3, 15 through 18 and verse 36, 1 John 2, 25 and 1 John 5, 11 through 13. Our conclusion is that the death described in 1 John 5, 16 is physical death because the believer couldn't ever face spiritual death, though physical death may happen as a result of sin, 1 Corinthians eleven thirty, 30. 
Even physical death for the believer is temporary because of the hope of the resurrection. Let me point out three principles from the overview of 1 John. Number one, we are to recognize and acknowledge sin as in our lives as believers. Number two, we are to regularly confess our sin. Number three, we are to break the pattern of sin in our lives, not to sin habitually. Habitually. Let me ask you a question. Would our God keep us in the dark if there's a specific sin which would lead to our death? I don't think so. I believe God would allow us to know exactly what sin that was. In conclusion, this passage is not referring to a specific sin, but rather the believer who persists in any of many sins and will not confess the sins that he or she continues to practice. If we as believers are intentional in breaking the cycle of sin in our lives, as revealed through the Holy Spirit by reading the Word, and are regularly acknowledging sin in our lives and confessing it, then we are not in danger of physical death, as indicated in 1 John 5, verse 16. To all of our students and pastors out there in the villages of the world, we really hope that today's episode encouraged you and equipped you to fulfill your ministry. We hope to see you again very soon at an SGM conference in your village. And until we do, this is Pastor Mike encouraging you with the words of Paul in 2 Corinthians 4, for it is all for your sake so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God.